Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, making sure you have enough money socked away for retirement is not an easy task because there's really no right answer. But by using a, a formula we call income replacement rate, that can help you really achieve your goals. So we're gonna we're gonna go over this today. We're gonna talk about what it is and how with proper planning you can achieve. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Income plan. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement. Kevin Brooker's here, as he is each and every week. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, of course, been helping folks for a good long while, better than 30 years in this business, investment advisor, representative, uh, fiduciary, independent, as you'll find him at Silverleaf Financial. You can find out more at silverleaffinancial.com. And uh, Kevin is also an author of the book, uh, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Pick up your copy of that book. I would encourage you to do that. Um, so, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know what? It is a, a another sunny day here in in a beautiful state of Arizona, and and I wanted to help people figure out. You know, we we, we talk about the number. You know, there's a commercial on years ago. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's still on, uh, saying what's your number? Right. And uh, you know, and and what it's all about is figuring out what is your number. How much do you need? How much do you need to retire? Right. That's the million dollar question that I always seem to get is how much do I need to retire? And, and, the, and the answer, folks, it's really different for everybody. Um, There's some common ground, though, and that's what we're going to help you try to figure out. And so I wanted to talk about this, uh, you know, whatever you call it, fancy term or, or, you know, maybe it's in a college book somewhere, but it's called the retirement income replacement rate. All yeah, right? it sounds technical. <laughs> it sounds technical, right? And it's like, what the hell? You know, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's like, all right, so the retirement, it's, it's pretty straightforward if you think about it for a second. The, re, yeah. the replacement rate, right? Okay, let's take a look at your at your uh, standard income, right? It's so what it is, the replacement rate is the percentage of your pre-tax income that you're going to need in order to have the retirement that you like and to maintain your current lifestyle, right? Yeah. And, and so, uh, you typically hear, um, you know, most so-called experts say maybe 80% of your retirement income is what you're going to need. 
And and it really does depend on your lifestyle. Are you, you know, are you going to, for instance, are you going to downsize your home, right? If you downsize your home, maybe you lived in a big house where you raised your kids and now you're going to sell your house um, and move into something smaller. Well, most likely that's going to lower your expenses, right? Because theoretically you should have lower property taxes. You should have lower home insurance costs uh, and you should have less maintenance costs. So, so there are different factors that come into play depending on, you know, are you going to move? Are you going to, do you want to, do you guys want to do a lot of traveling or what exactly are your plans? And so those are the things that we want to talk about. And we want to have a vision, you know, as an advisor, I want to have a vision just like, just like you do of what your retirement looks like. You know, what is your day-to-day activity going to be? Because we're trying to figure out how much you're going to spend, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're working 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week, whatever the number is, now you've got a whole lot of time on your hand when you retire. And in most cases, you're going to be spending money, right? So instead of earning money during those hours, you're going to be spending money during those hours. And so we want to make sure you've got enough put away because I want you to have the cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. That coming in every day and every week and every month that you need to do everything you want to do so you can have a good time. You can have a stress-free retirement that is an enjoyable retirement. And so when you're going through and trying to figure it out, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to consider. Uh, and, and some of the factors, when we say between 70 and 90%, that's because some of the things that you had to spend your money on before, uh, luckily, you're not going to have to, right? And one of the biggest one is, for instance, whatever money you're putting in your 401k, right? You don't have to, you're getting rid of the retirement savings. Although I want to say not eliminate it, I'm going to say reduce it. All right. Because right. I, I still, right, Steve, I think, I think it's a good idea to keep on, especially when you're, if you're retiring in your 60s or younger, mm-hmm. it's even, it's even more important to keep saving some money, right? And, and to keep putting it away because, um, you know, down, you're, you're, you could have a 30 year retirement. My father had a 33 year retirement. He retired at 60. He passed away at 93. He was able to do it because he had a pension plan from a union. He was a union guy. He had a fantastic pension and a fantastic healthcare program. So because of that, he didn't have to have a lot of money saved, luckily, because he didn't, right? He raised six kids. And, and so, um, you know, my parents didn't really have any, you know, they, they, they I'm going to say they did a really good job raising us. We had everything that we needed, but we never had, they never had, you know, like extra money. You know, they weren't driving these expensive cars and we didn't take European vacations. We drove to Florida. That's what we did. I understand that completely. (laughs) And which was a lot, which, you know, I loved it. I I thought it was a lot of fun. Sure. So, um, you know, but so, so that's what we need to look at. We need to see, you know, if you, if you're a government employee, then chances are really good. You've got a nice pension. So we want to look at that. Do you have that? Then the question is, do you also have social security? Um, a lot of clients, you know, I've got some folks, uh, for instance, retired from the IRS. He's got a hundred thousand dollar pension and he's got a social security. So he's, he's in fantastic shape. Um, you know, others, you know, aren't, don't have that type of guaranteed income. And so that's what we want to take a look at, but going back to some of the things that are going to be gone, you know, if you're putting a th- I don't know, a thousand dollars a month or 500 or whatever the month, the amount was you're, that you're putting into retirement plan. So now maybe you cut that in half or drop it down that's going to be extra money that you don't need to make. So that means your replacement rate is a little bit lower because you weren't saving that 500 bucks a month, right? So the other, the other aspect that is really nice that I'm really looking forward to personally is the elimination of FICA taxes. So your, your social security and your Medicare tax, that's what 7.65, I believe is the number. Um, so that's seven and a half to 8% that comes out of your check. All right. Your paycheck every month or every week. Well, the good news is once you stop getting a paycheck, you no longer have to contribute those funds. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So when you're, you know, you're taking that out of savings or you're, you're, you're getting your monthly income some other way, you're not going to have to pay that FICA tax. And, and folks, men and women out there that are self-employed like myself, oh goodness, that's going to save us 15.3% immediate because as a self-employed person, you pay both sides oh. of the payroll tax. So, so immediately we're going to save anybody self-employed, you immediately are saving over 15% that you don't have to contribute anymore for payroll. All right. So in that situation, if you just eliminate, if you cut your savings rate in half and you're self-employed and, and now you eliminate the 15.3%, right? That's about 20% right off the top for a self-employed person in terms of uh, the replacement rate right there. So they would only need 80% of their income, you know, because they reduced savings and they eliminated the payroll tax and they're self-employed. So that's going to save them 20% right off the top. All right. So those are, those are a few things we want to, we want to take a look at you know, in order to figure this, figure these things out. So we're going to need to look at how much you earn and how much you save um, so that we can figure out, you know, the savings rate. And then, we're, then of course, we're going to look at when you're going to retire, which has a major, major impact on how much money you need to have put away. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of folks, they want to retire at 60 or 62. Um, and I'm meeting a lot of people lately that they don't want to claim the social security, which I'm really glad to hear, by the way. Um, because they know that the longer they wait to claim, the bigger their check is. Conversely, the earlier you claim, the smaller your check. So if you claim Social Security at, at 62, the earliest you can claim it, you're going to have roughly, you're going to be getting roughly 76% less than if you waited till the age of 70. Hmm. And, and, and the pushback, and it is a big difference, guys. Remember, Social Security goes up roughly 8% every year, okay? And it, it is the highest guarantee available. Um, interest rates are starting to get closer. We're at what, five and a quarter, five and a half now, but the social security growth rate is still higher than any growth rate that's available anywhere on a guaranteed basis. Um, so in my opinion, you're better off to wait to claim as long as you possibly can, because you're still going to get cost of living adjustments and that money that'll still continue to increase over time. Um, but I don't like the idea of cutting that check by taking it early. And, and I, uh, a lot of people think about it and what they're thinking about. I mean, a lot of folks that say, well, I've always planned on taking it at 62. And, and, that, and that's fine. That's fine. You can do it. It's, it's totally your call. Um, but if you live much past the age of 80 years old, you're way better off. Mathematically, you're much better off if you make it past the age of, it's generally between 80 and 81. Um, so if you think you're going to live well into your 80s or beyond, you really should seriously consider waiting to claim social security because that's your break even point, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, all those checks that you did not get earlier by waiting, how long is it going to take you to make that money back and then be ahead? The answer is your early eighties. If you wait until you're 70 to claim. So that's, that's, that's what I've seen. But if, but the way to the, the way uh, to me to adjust long, your longevity risk living too long is by making sure you've got a steady income that's covering all your bills. And again, that's one of the things that that you can help us do, help us achieve, is that that cash flow in retirement, that income that that grows every year. Yes, and that's and that's the thing that to me, you know, the uh, um, we were talking last week um, on the show. We had uh, we had the, the guest commentary from uh, his, his name is eluding me right now. Oh, um, the, the author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom uh, Hegna. Paycheck. Yeah, Tom Hegna. He wrote you know, paychecks and playchecks yes. and. And, and a few other things, which is very, you know, I thought it was a catchy title. Um, but one thing Hegna, Hegna, Tom Hegna was talking about, and he's very pretty widely known in the uh, retirement planning space, 
he talks about all the risks, right? All the risks. If you live too long, uh, you know, stock market risk, greater risk of losing money in retirement. There's a greater risk of spending down your savings. There's a greater risk of uh, inflation eating away at your savings. Um, you know, there's a lot of risks that get compounded. Uh, there's a greater risk of needing long-term care. There's a greater risk of, of, of expensive care. And these are all risks that are associated with a longer life. The longer you live, the greater these risks become, especially long-term care, which is extremely expensive. And, and for anybody that would like a, a, a little bit deeper dive into that, just go to my website, silverleaffinancial.com. You can check out my book. It's free. I'm happy to email it to you. And we go over some ways that if you want to put money away for long-term care, I can show you how to do it on a tax-free basis, which a lot of people don't know how to do. So that right there should save you a nice chunk of money. So just go to the website, silverleaffinancial.com for the long-term care book, and I'll be happy to get you more information on those things. All right. I like that. Folks, you can also give them a call. It's 800-975-6717 if you want to do that. Um, so we're kind of going over, you know, that income replacement rate, that cash flow, that that constant income that grows a bit every year. These are, I mean, this is your challenge, isn't it? And, and you certainly rise to that challenge every day. Oh, you know what? I, I appreciate that, Stephen. That's the majority of people that I work with are, are close to retirement or they're already retired. And, and they realize that they're at a different stage in life, right? Because you've got to switch your mindset all throughout your working life. Most people are in the accumulation phase, right? Growing that nest egg, putting the money away, saving it, watching what they spend, which I would recommend for everybody, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, watching what you spend. All right. But, but saving that money. And, so, and when you get close to retirement, you get into retirement. Now, now you have to shift to a decumulation phase and, and psychologically, that's one thing. It's, it's hard for a lot of people, you know, to start spending that money. It makes them uncomfortable. They, they, some people get anxiety. Some people get nervous because they're worried about running out of money. And so they don't want to spend it down. And so a lot of folks, that's a perfect time to talk to your advisor or to maybe find a new advisor that has experience in helping you do these and to help you do it in a, in a, uh, in a smart way that will keep your taxes to a minimum uh, in addition to other things. And so the cash flow that you have coming in, in most cases, Social Security is not going to be enough to cover your monthly bills. And so what I want to do when we sit down is I want to talk about all your expenses, all your assets, your income, your liabilities. Look at the whole balance sheet and income statement, if you will. So we can see where you're at, what assets you have that we could possibly use to generate that income, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you have this retirement money you've accumulated, you've got a lot of choices to make, right? In terms of where do you invest it? How much risk do you want to take? How much money do you need to withdraw every month? How much are your taxes going to be? How much are you going to get from Social Security? How much are you putting away for long-term care? And a million other questions. And so this is what an advisor, a good advisor can help you guys figure out so you know you know what, I've got what I need. And even if I live to 95, I'm still going to have plenty of money to do what I want to do. And so that's what I think is, is important to make sure you've got that cash flow. Because if your nest egg is dwindling and you're pulling the money out of the stock market, if we have a crash like we did last year in, uh, in 2022, your retirement plans could be decimated. And that's a chance I don't want to take for anybody. So, so one of the first things I want to look at is I want to talk about ways that we can generate income for you uh, on a guaranteed basis. And personally, I think one of the, uh, a great tool for that purpose is to look at an annuity because the annuity is the only account that will keep on paying you even, even if it goes to zero. There's no other account that'll do that. But the way to address the longevity risk, the risk of living too long 
the risk of outliving your money. To me, the best way to do it is to incorporate an annuity into your plans. It's not the entire plan, but your but my suggestion is think about taking a piece of your portfolio and putting it in something that'll guarantee you income every month, every year for the rest of your life. And it could do it for you and your wife. For instance, I'm using these for me and my wife uh, because we're self-employed. You know, we don't have any pensions. We both have Social Security. But I want to re- I want to add to that. I don't want to have to bank on Social Security covering everything that we want to do. Right. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I think it's I think a lot of times people talk. I mean, how many times you, you talk to somebody if you're having a conversation about Social Security? Now, I realize probably most people don't do this on a regular basis. Um, You'd be surprised. Like, all right. But I, may, I probably would. I probably would, because I tend to think that it's just financial people that do this, um, that think about it and have these conversations on a regular basis, because sometimes I'll bring it up and, and I kind of get the eye roll. You know, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, you know, it's like, I don't want to talk about that. And, and but what I'm getting at is that I think everybody by now has heard there's a shortfall in Social Security. And but I think the confusion Uh, I think a lot of people, I've met a lot of people that say they plan to claim at 62 because they're worried the program is going to like go bust or go bankrupt or something. Mm -hmm. And, and and can I just tell you, that's not going to work. If, if the program does go bust, it doesn't matter when you claim, if it went bankrupt, I don't think it makes any difference. I think you're going to have a problem. I don't think it's going to go bankrupt. It's not. All right, guys, what, what we need to recognize is that when they talk about the shortfall in social security, what it means is that the amount of money coming into the program is not as much as going out. And, and so typically in the past, we had far more workers, you know, we had 10 or 12 workers for every one person collecting social security. Right. And, and so because of that, there was much more money going into the program than coming out. But ever since boomers have started to retire and it's something like 10,000 boomers a day have been retiring and are going to continue to retire uh, for the next several years. In fact, during the pandemic, even more of them retired. And I think that's actually accelerating uh, the decline in Social Security revenue is so many more people that were in a position to retire during COVID. They just said, the heck with it. I'm just going to retire. Just going to stay and here. I'm just going to stay here. Right. And and I've worked long enough. I'm going to retire. And so where we're at now, we're looking at a shortfall of about 25 percent. And that means that the money that there'll be about 25 percent less money going into the program than coming out. It doesn't mean it's going bust. It doesn't mean it's going to go and be going to be insolvent. But what it does mean, if if we if the public does not force the politicians to deal with this in an appropriate way, then I personally think that benefit checks could get cut twenty to twenty five percent across the board. And and they're talking about uh, an age at which this would happen. And so I don't believe it. It may affect current retirees. I don't I can't imagine that it would because that'd be political suicide. Sure. Um, You know, but but it's something to be aware of. I don't think it's I don't think it's I shouldn't say imprudent. I just I don't I don't personally I don't think it's realistic um, that the program's going to go bust unless, of course, you put Rick Scott back in charge with his, you know, every five years they can shut down whatever government program they want to plan. Um, I I think unless the, the radicals take control. If the let me say it this way, if the radicals do take control, we've got a lot of problems. We've got big, serious problems um, because they've already talked about cutting, you know, uh, what they call the entitlement programs. Um, there are proposals out there right now to raise the retirement age. They're saying it won't affect anybody over the age of 50, um, but they want to raise the retirement age. What they should be doing is eliminating the payroll tax cap. OK, everybody should talk to your politician about getting rid of the cap. Why is a person that's making a million, five million, 10 million, 20, 30, $40 million Mahomes money. 
you know, Patrick Mahomes, the yeah, quarterback. Of course. I know. Why is he making $40 million and paying not a dime more to Social Security than a guy making 160 grand? I, I think that's outrageous. I do too. Right? You know, and, and, and a lot, but no, most people don't seem to realize it. Right. Sure. And, 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 and so that one change, one change, which is only making everybody pay social security at the same rate. Right. So you pay the same percentage of your income into social security. If you're making 50 grand, it should be the same as if you're making 500 grand or you're making 5 million or you're making 25 or 35 million, you should pay the same percentage, but they don't guys. This is a tax break for rich people that don't have to pay the same amount into Social Security. They still pay Medicare, which really is really weird to me. Um, you know that they met, that they did a carve out, so there's no cap uh, in terms of your income that you stop paying into Medicare, but there is a cap in which you stop contributing to Social Security. That makes no sense, Kevin. That really doesn't it, make any sense. And and I it, mean, it, I, no matter who I talk to, every, I mean, you know, my friends, I mean, other advisors, everybody agrees. I don't care what side of the political fence you're on. It seems to be a consensus. Yeah, fix that. <laughs> it, it, you, know, you know what? If the politicians would do, like, I, I, I would put money on it that if, if you do, took a, a broad survey of the population across all political parties, across all income levels, everybody, mm -hmm. take that survey and ask the public what, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you at least 60%, if not a much higher percentage, would support eliminating the payroll tax cap. Sure. And, you know, a huge majority. So the question is, why aren't we making the politicians do it? Why do we let these politicians get away with all this BS nonsense? I mean, playing all these culture war games when we've got serious issues to deal with, like Medicare and Social Security funding, and they're talking about some trans guy or some crap. It, it doesn't have an impact on most people's lives. Exactly. Social well, Security but, and Medicare do. Oh, they do. Absolutely. And I think the reason so many people are, I mean, again, just once you realize or once you understand that they, that, over what is it, one hundred and sixty thousand this year, something that, in that neighborhood? It, it's just over one sixty. Just yeah. over one. So, I mean, there aren't a whole lot of people that do that. So, no, there's no, so there's not. But there's a lot of money being made over that. Oh level. my gosh, yes, of course. And so, I mean, even if you're making that kind of money, I can't imagine you'd be a, you'd object too much. You well, they're, they're gonna of course they're gonna bitch about it. Well, you know, of course, they, you know they don't want to, and, and and you know, but but come on, the Trump organ, the the last administration, the Trump administration passed tax cuts for the billionaires and corporations that added $2 trillion to the national debt. So don't tell me Republicans actually care about the national debt. They didn't rate, they, they were all in favor of that. Give us tax breaks, tax breaks to rich people. Guys, it's crazy. This is insane. All right. These, the, the folks that are making more than 160 grand, they will not have any problem in their life. If you all of a sudden make them actually pay into social security again. All right. That's not going to hurt them. Mm -mm. But it but it does. There's all kinds of other people lower on the income scale that have plenty of problems. There's a lot of people. There's like a third of the population collecting Social Security. It's their only source of income. That's it. And, and so I think, you know, to me, the easiest fix is getting rid of that payroll tax cap. Just do that. Nothing else. And that's that to me that one of the I think that's one of the biggest problems in Congress is that they can't just pass that. That should be like that should be like a one-page bill. One. Oh page. my gosh! Yeah, right. And nothing that's else it. attached to it. Just that. Not, not. That's that's exactly my point, Steve. Is don't attach anything else. Don't give me all this pork barrel spending. That oh, if I want somebody to, you know, if I want, if, if you're gonna, you know, some politician is gonna say, well, if you want me to support that, you got to give me this. Yeah, and this I, is where we, right? And that's where we get into all this mess, all this mess, and all this crap, all the pork barrel spending that is crazy waste of money, right? 
we, I, I, I don't know what it's going to take or if it's ever going to happen, but if we could ever get to a point that we can just do a clean bill, that's it. This is the only thing we're putting in this bill. It should be one page yeah. and they should be able to, they should be able to do that in an afternoon. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we can get rid of all this rhetoric and all this BS. Um, and that would, and that would, that change alone guys would extend the, the solvency of social security by at least a decade. If not, I've seen, I've seen numbers as high as 20 and 30 years. That no just kidding. That so just that one thing could, could really yes. solve the biggest part of the social security problem. It could, it could. Oh, and, well, Kevin, and what are we going to do here? We got to get, the, we got to reach out. We got to talk to these politicians and I don't mean you and me, I mean, collectively as a, as, as a group, we should do that. Everybody should, everybody yeah. should. And just, and just keep it simple. No, nothing else, nothing else. Just do that. Let's not add in all this other stuff. Oh, well, I want to do this too. No, just do that. Because Think about the number of people that'll be impacted by that. I think there's over 60 million people collecting social security at any given point in time, mm -hmm. right? Over 20 million of them, that's their only source of income. So I think, I think we should do what we can to extend the solvency of that program. That program, social security, that was, uh, um, which by the way, it, it was passed by Democrats and signed by FDR for the record. All right. That has kept millions of people out of poverty, millions of elderly people out of poverty because of social security. Right. Right. And so I think, I think we should continue to do that. You know, we talk about the homeless population. Do you want to start seeing a bunch of people that are 75 and 80 years old that are homeless now too? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there's already some, but I don't think we need to add to that problem and we could fix it by just re just making people that make over 160 grand pay the same social security rate as everybody else. But right now they're not, they're not because, the, you know, cause they get capped at that level. So they're paying the same dollar amount. Like, like I mentioned before, a person making 160 is putting just as much into social security as all the billionaires and all the highest paid athletes out there that are making tens of millions of dollars a year, if not more. Mm -hmm. and, and so I would love to see that guys, please talk to your politicians, tell them, get rid of the payroll tax cap on social security. All right. That alone will, will give us a lot more time to come up with other solutions to the to the social security issue. Absolutely. Again, that's just a great thought. And and um, you know, as we as we look at this, I was just looking at some uh, a statistic here. You, you know, because I think you know the economy's kind of been a little wonky. The market's been a little wonky. And um, I was just reading that. Um, Let's see, uh, a Vanguard uh, investors over age fifty five and actively managing their money, nearly half have portfolios that are 70% stocks. That's not the case for, I mean, in 2011, it was only 38%. Oh, goodness. Well, I tell you what, you know, that that's a lot of risk for retirement there for folks closer to retirement. Or it is. Retirement. So what, what do you think that means? Uh, I think, you know, I guess depending on when they did that study, it, it made more sense, you know, when we had the zero interest rates. Yes, of um, course. You know, when rates are so low, that's when they're uh, the whole, what was it? The Tina, you know, there is no alternative. Yeah. Um, you know, you couldn't make any money on savings. You couldn't make any money on bonds or you could have lost money on bonds. Um, and, and so there was a lot of folks that shifted more into equities, more into stocks because of that. And I think, and that, and I think that did make sense in the past when valuations were lower. Um, but right now, my, my gosh, after the run we've had this year, I would, str I would strongly recommend reducing that allocation if you're retired or close to retirement. Um, take a hard look at how much you have because of the, you know, because we had a nice run, you know, NASDAQ was up what 35% or something in the first six months of the year. Mm -hmm. um, S and P was up 15 or 16%.
guys, these aren't just one year, typical one year returns. These are typically two and three year returns. And, and so I don't think anybody should be surprised, you know, if we see some weakness in the markets. And so if you've had a good run and you retired or close to retirement, ask yourself if you could live on 5%. Would you be okay if you had 5% returns? Cause you can get that guaranteed right now with no risk. All right. And so, so one of the things I used to talk, to, I used to talk, and I still talk to my clients about is how much do you think you need to make, right? And obviously we need to go through the numbers and see, and see what those numbers are, you know, how much you need for your personal retirement. But if you're in a position that you've got a good amount of money put away and, and you say, you know what, if I just made 5% on that, I, I can do everything I want to do. And, you know, then we run the numbers and I say, well, why do you take the risk of the stock market? All right. And so personally, I think, I, I think stock market is for serious growth because you've got serious risk of loss. So I think if you're, if you're trying to make seven or 8% in the stock market, to me, that makes less and less sense because now I can get five and a half guaranteed right now. And with what's happened in the economy, you know, for instance, this week we saw, um, you know, towards the end of the week, the jobs report came out. Right. And, and, and I've talked before, um, you know, one of the, what actually one of the biggest risks to retirement to somebody's retirement planning is underestimating the impact of inflation, right? We've seen crazy amounts of inflation uh, across the board in the last few years. A lot of it was, you know, because of the pandemic and everything that happened with the government sending out money and shipping and everything getting shut down. Um, but we just don't know how high or how long, I should say, the inflation is going to last, the accelerated inflation. And the jobs report that came out this week that knocked the stock market down, it's because uh, the, the, uh, there's there expected to be about 220,000 jobs added in the private in the private sector and the number came in at almost half a million far oh, wow. more far far more jobs i mean those estimates were terrible um well how, how so, can they be that wrong they don't they aren't normally <laughs> well that's a really good question steve that is a really good question and i don't know the answer to that i don't know how they could be off by so much um but that's what knocked the stock market down oh boy didn't is, it is right it's because is, guys, what, what's going on is, is let, let me break it down for you if I could. The, as, as long as we have such strong employment, okay, that most likely is going to mean that inflation is going to continue higher than the Fed wants. Because what's happening is employers are scrambling and doing everything they can to keep their, to keep their employees. They're giving, them weight, you know, they're, they're giving them raises. They're paying them more. They're giving them bonuses because they don't want to lose an employee because they know how hard it is to hire somebody. I mean, anybody that's, if you've gone out to eat in the last few months, th then you've probably seen what I've seen, which is there's a whole lot less staff working at most restaurants. Oh yeah. The places and are empty. They're empty, right? Because, and, and, and I say to and I think about it, I talk to my wife and I say, you know what, with all the crap they had to deal with, you know, during the pandemic and all the mask and anti-mask, I'm not surprised they don't want to hear the, hear the crap from people because the, these, the people that have been in the positions, you know, customer facing positions. They, they, have, they have had to deal with more drama and more anger and hostility from customers than I think ever, I think ever in my life. And, and so I'm not surprised that a lot of them said, you know, what the heck with it? I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. But, the, but what that means is it's, that results in inflation because you got to pay people more money to do the job. And, 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 and so what ends up happening is the prices keep on going higher because we have to pay the employees more because we can't find enough employees. So unemployment rate, the unemployment rate is still about 3.6, 3.7, which is about a 50-year low. 
So we have a very strong economy. That's what we have. All right. And that's why the the jobs number came in so strong because employers are hiring anybody that they, you know, if you can, if you can fog a mirror, then you can get a job. Okay. <laughs> well, it seems so, but I'll tell you what, by contrast, you know, in, in some fields, people can't, they, they can't find people to work. So, I mean, this is, to me, this is a weird dichotomy. I mean, in my wife's world, she's in digital marketing. Um, there are dozens of positions they can't fill. Yes. And well, I, I think a position like that is probably because they can't find the people with the right skill set. Well, that's uh, true. You know, and well, then that brings me to the to the question of what education is, are people getting these days, and what training are they getting, and 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 so I think that, but and it also makes me wonder if it's digital marketing. That also makes me, I, I have heard that artificial intelligence is going to replace a lot of those jobs. Oh yeah, uh, you know, you know, and so, but it's not going to happen overnight, right? And but I but I know there's a lot of fields. I know I know nurses. There's a huge nursing shortage. Yes. Uh, there's a massive nursing. I mean, I've I've seen numbers as high as a hundred thousand nurses um, that are needed in this country that they just can't seem to find. And it's the same situation. Look at all the crap nurses have had to put up with oh. for the last three four years with COVID, yeah. and all the pushback against all the protocols. And and they're just trying to help people. And you know, so I I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. Um, you know, for not wanting to do that because the 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 loss of civility in this country, I guess around the world, is is just unimaginable to me. Um, just a lot of people that turned into jerks and <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you, you know, and so I, I get it. If I was in that position and I had to deal with those people, I'd quit too. I'd quit my job too. Um, in fact, it's, it's impacting my business, which I never thought it would. I've always tried to avoid politics. I've always tried to avoid religion. Those are like the two things that I was always told by when I was first hired, don't bring them up because people are too divided. Right. But, ne- but I'll tell you what, Steve, now, it's hard to sit down with a lot of people without them talking about telling you about their political views. And I've had to tell people um, that we might not be a good fit because of those views. And um, in the past, I wouldn't have done that. Um, but uh, for better or for worse, I, I just don't want to hear it anymore. And, and so I, I, I think that, that when you sit down with an advisor, let's talk about your finances. Yeah. I'll help you out in any way that I can. I'll help you any way I can. I swear to you. Um, I am a fiduciary. I take it very seriously. Um, but we've all got a limited amount of time in the day. So let's sit down and focus on finances. Let's figure out how we can help you get to the best retirement you can possibly achieve. And I can show you how to do it without taking more risk than you have to take. But let's leave the politics outside. Let's check those at the door, please. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so we're about out of time, Kevin. And so, again, with all of with the jobs announcement this week, the market was really kind of shining. And then, boy, that sort of took a hit. Um, what's what's next? You, you know what? I think, uh, I, I, OK, histor- let me say this. Historically speaking, um, I believe that there is something like a over an 80 percent probability that the second half of the year is going to have positive gains. And I'm, I'm and I'm saying this because when you go back in history, when we have a first half that has achieved better than a 10% gain, uh, 85% of the time, the second half has had a gain as well. So I'm and and the and the average forecast is for about an 8% gain for the second half. Okay. Okay. All right. So I think the numbers, I think that looks good, but it is going to be volatile because we're all looking at these inflation numbers, employment numbers. Uh, and we do, I do expect the Fed to raise rates again at the meeting on July 25th and 6th, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So the end of July, I think there's going to be another Fed increase. So you want to look at your portfolio, figure out how much risk you're taking. And if you'd like to get a second opinion, give me a call. We always leave, leave time and I always leave a few slots open on the schedule. 
so that I can that I can set up these meetings. I'm happy to answer your questions and I'll do it free of charge and no obligation, but I'll give you a second opinion so that maybe I can help you spot some uh, some weak points or maybe a, a flat tire in your portfolio that we can help put some air into. Well, I like the sound of that. And folks, if you want to find out some more, silverleaffinancial.com. That's the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Or you can call us at 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. Kevin, this has been a fun, fun show. I love how well, it just sort of, uh, you just kind of take it and run, and I love it. I always <laughs> I always like your insights. You, you, bring, you bring stuff to the table that not everybody does. Oh, hey, Steve, I, I really appreciate it, Steve. And guys, I, I hope you find the information helpful. Uh, please give me a call anytime. Check out the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.